Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following program is being broadcast on the Amazing Women of Power, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. This show contains motivational language and may not be suitable for negative listeners. And passing it along to you, it's Strong Rider on the radio. I had the blues, but I made it better, baby. And that's why I wrote this song. And now you can sing along. My mind's made up to enjoy each bittersweet drop of my featured guest's storied life in song. And we are going to get right down to it as soon as I introduce myself, and we'll get the show going here. Hey, everybody. How you doing? My name is Dean Olson, songwriter, radio host, and producer from Orange County, California. And when I get behind this microphone, I call myself the strong writer on the radio, helping songwriters and artists keep musically fit. And the way I love to do that is through faith and encouragement, by taking in the experiences and stories told to me by my wonderful guests, and by learning from the best in the business and passing it along to you. And it's a wonderful day for another great episode of Strong Rider with yours truly, Dean Olson. And I know it's going to be great because my featured guest today is quite an amazing singer-songwriter who puts her personal narrative on the songs she creates, and she's based out of New York City, which is very cool to me, and she has already revealed three singles from her upcoming debut album called each bittersweet drop and that lp will drop on march 6 of 2020 and with that short intro it is my pleasure to get acquainted with kate mills kate you're on the line how you doing today how's your day going hey it's been pretty good it's actually very sunny in new york which is wonderful and has been a rare sighting the past couple of weeks <laughs> not not bad for february right no it, no so uh New York City is, uh, I know a few people, uh, I like your town. Are you in the city or are you out somewhere, uh, you know, on the outskirts, somewhere in a suburb? Um, I live in Astoria, Queens. Okay. How's that? Uh, how's that lifestyle? Oh, we actually really love the neighborhood. It's just on the other side of the East River. So we can, you know, if I, I walk maybe a mile to the river, I can see Manhattan. Yeah. And it's just a very cool 
There's so many artists. It's actually nicknamed Actoria because there's so many actors and oh, musicians that I live get you. here. So um, you, you say we. Uh, I assume this is your uh, husband that I read about on your bio here. So Yes, yes. He lives with me. How, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> how, does, uh, how, uh, how long have you been married, Kate? Um, five years in September. Oh, congratulations. You're getting, getting on a little anniversary there, huh? Very soon. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird to go. Yeah, first like marriage anniversary milestone, and <laughs> in some ways it feels like we've been together our whole lives. But other times, like, oh, that's gone by so fast. We're still newlyweds. Well, is getting a place in Queens is it as bad as you know in Manhattan, where you 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 basically got to go wait for somebody to die to get a, an apartment out there, or you know, is, <laughs> is it? I already always heard the real estate's tough to get. So, are you in a nice spot that you like? We are. We are. We got we got very lucky. With our spot, I mean, we've had our fair share of real estate uh-huh. mishap, and oh. you know, we've been married five years, and this is our third apartment since we got married. Yeah, it happens. We, um, I, I remember those but, days. It takes a while <laughs> before you get to the one you really uh, think you're going to be in for a long time. You know. Oh yeah. Well, and the problem in our neighborhood is it's up and coming so much, and so the market keeps. Changing and my husband's my producer and a musician, and we keep getting priced out of our apartments. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so your your husband's a musician, you said, or are you or no? He is. Well, oh he, okay. He produced my albums. So he's a producer and audio engineer, but also the lead singer of his own band and oh, okay. playing bass for other artists as well. So he's sort of a jack of all music trades. All right, a married musical couple. I like that. I know many of those. I guess you know you got to learn to, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's like because I am not in one of those. I'm not a musical couple, but uh, I, so I was, well, we're a little unique because we're a musical couple, but not in the same project. I feel like, especially in kind of the folk and Americana scene, mm-hmm. I've met a number of married duos. Yeah, um, and so we're both musicians, and we do work together, but on separate enterprises. And our music isn't his band, and my music aren't really in the same genre as far as performing so we're in some ways different worlds that's a good musically which sometimes is actually very good and sometimes i wish it made more sense to tour together <laughs> yeah, that would probably be good but i think this works for you it sounds like it anyway that's good maybe not opposites attract but you you make a good fit so that you're not uh, clashing with each other yes that's good yes, to know for sure we can understand the the vocation and the ups and downs that come with this particular career with each other. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, not stepping on each other's toes too much. <laughs> I'm curious how you pronounce your guys' last name. Is it Securoli? Oh, that's one of the closest I've heard. Yeah, Securoli. Securoli. Okay, so there's a hard C in there. All right. Yeah. That's a very New York name to me. Uh, Joey Securoli. Very that's good. him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a little Italian. A little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, I thought that was kind of neat because uh, the Part of the bio of this, the way your music is described, whether you described it this way or other people, sort of a 1970s Laurel Canyon type of sound, like, you know, sort of that Joni Mitchell or Leonard Ronstadt, Eagles, things like that, that sort of uh, vibe. And I was just wondering, you guys from New York, I mean, how do you know what that sounds like? How did you how'd you get that vibe? Did you, Have you ever been out here where I am? I have. I actually love the West Coast. Yeah? Yeah, if my whole family wasn't based in the Northeast. I, uh-huh. It would not take much convincing for me to be out in California. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I understand you weren't always in New York. You were born in Philadelphia or somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, just northeast of Philly. And my whole 
pretty much my entire extended family. I come from like a big Irish Catholic, like English farmer family, and they're all still pretty much there. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah. plenty of people to visit then when you go down there. Yes, yes. Usually it's for like a family event or birthday party or someone's shower or something. Lots of, and it's nice that Philly's so close, very drivable <laughs> yeah. distance, which I appreciate. Uh, which would not be the case if I lived out in California, but as much as I love it yeah. out there, I think the dream, the dream is to spend, like, you know, January through April out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have some strange weather out here uh, year-round, but it never gets, at least in where I am, I'm in Orange County, which is, uh, you know, south of L.A., and, oh, yeah, yeah. And it is, uh, it, it never snows out here, but it doesn't take a far drive. Within hours, you can go someplace where it is snowing. But that's yeah, that's, that's nice that you have the, nice to have the choice, either have it or don't have it. <laughs> so, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what? I'm tired of the cold. You want to go for a quick drive and go to the beach? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You know, the grass is always greener or the sand is always uh, sandier. I don't know, but uh, we have the beach very close to us. And uh, I mean, probably take us about less than a half hour to get there. And yet we hardly get down there. So it's like, you know, we're so busy. We don't get down to the beach. I'd love to be there all the time. <laughs> I used to. I you, know. Yeah. yeah, but you get into your lifestyle and the lifestyle that you chose is to be a musician, a singer and a songwriter. So that might uh, take some guts to do that full time. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a bold statement. Not everybody feels that way, but I noticed that you had a pretty stable job. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about what you were doing before you actually decided to uh, move on and, and do uh, what's passionate to you. Yeah, well, it's, it's, been, it's been a bit of a journey and, you know, a slightly different one. I feel like lots of people take the reverse path. They're, you know, in their teens and early 20s, they... I want to be in a band and, and travel and do all these things. And then by the time they hit late 20s, it's like, all right, you know what? Time to settle down and get a real job. And I hit my mid-late 20s. You no, know if I'm, if I'm going to be broken, I might as well be doing what I really wanted to do. Um, <laughs> and I, I did enjoy being a social worker. There was so much in that profession that is really meaningful to me. I, I loved helping people grow and change. And I loved creating space where it was okay to talk about all kinds of feelings, whether they are good or bad or troublesome. And, and I think in a lot of ways, that's also what I really love about music. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, whether it's a three minute recording or a full concert, it, it builds a connection between people and, you know, sort of in a way expresses like, yep, what you're feeling, you're not alone. And here, here are some other words that might act as a balm or help communicate what it is that you're feeling. And it just creates this space of community and creates this space where it really is okay to grapple with like, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. Yeah. So you got the uh, the music bug, as they say. I use that term because it's a lazy term, but I think of it more as a flame. You know, a flame starts in you, and now because uh, you you can go from a social working job, say like you, and then go and uh, follow your dream to be uh, you know a performer or whatever you want to do, and then if it doesn't work out, if it gets too hard, you could always take a break and just go back to it and everything. But once that flame is lit, you can't really put it out, can you? Yeah, the more time I spend doing this, you know, the harder it, it gets, you know, kind of with each 
each new mountain, there's new challenges and new hurdles to go over. But that's true with every career, I think, every true. time you're trying to get to the next level. Um, but I miss this and feel the need to like lean on that backup plan yeah. less and less, for better or worse. I think that concerns my parents. But uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think every parent wants that. <laughs> they want to make sure that you're... Uh... They don't want you to fail. They're looking out for your best interest. But are you pretty forthcoming and honest with how you feel about what you want to do, or even or yeah, what? You... For the most part, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I have to be as I'm spending all my time releasing music and performing. You know, they know they know where my my heart and passion is, and I think that that was a big thing for me to realize. As much as I see the value in social work, it wasn't the most authentic way for me to do that work you know it's very precise work and it kind of freaks me that there are so many ways i could mess people up more um yeah <laughs> where with music you know and hopefully just create something that is honest and true and that hopefully strikes other people where they need it where they need to hear it um so it's just, there's just a little bit more room to play and be creative and, you know, a little more room to make a creative mess, I guess is the best way to put it, where, yeah. you know, in, in counseling and therapy and social work, there's not quite that room because, you know, it is, it is a medical field of sorts. And I think this just feels like a much more authentic, genuine way for me to contribute. Yeah, I, the world. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, that's uh, that is a good way, and you get a good satisfaction out of doing it, I suppose, right? Oh yeah, I love. I get to perform with a good crowd. There's nothing like that.
back to uh, what I was trying to ask here, but you did an EP probably about seven years ago called Little Bird, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that you've uh, completed this new album that you did. So um, is this now a complete version of the EP you had, or, or are those songs uh, completely different songs? Oh, those were completely different songs. Oh, so you have a brand new uh, catalog here. of uh, I mean, uh, you're adding to a catalog now of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. This is a yeah, day... all the songs on this are new. Oh, great. So congratulations on completing this one. I guess the fun begins now, huh? Yeah, yeah, the party's <laughs> just getting started. Good, yeah. But having released an EP, I mean, have you already experienced how, uh, you know, releasing an album and having people enjoy it and review it or critique it or whatever they do? I don't know. Is, or is this going to be a new thing when it finally drops in March? This is pretty new. Um, and from a couple different perspectives, honestly, I mean, from an industry perspective, when I released Little Bird years ago Spotify mm-hmm. was maybe getting started but wasn't certainly wasn't the industry standard that it is today that's true yeah you I know, remember like your music, people discovered music kind of on Pandora mm-hmm. so that was a big accomplishment when Little Bird was accepted to the Pandora library oh cool and that you know and it was up on iTunes and but I was so new to the recording artist world that I didn't really know what I was doing as far as promotion. I sort of Googled a couple of blogs and sent it out to see if they would review it. Um, Uh I was kind of trying to do everything on my own. Um, But again, the music landscape has changed so much in six years, and I've grown and learned so much as an artist, but also a musical entrepreneur and learning about the business of music a little bit more in the business of marketing and promotion and and the way that comes about has changed so much. I, mean, I don't think Instagram was even around six years ago. It's hard to remember back, so, you know, your memory sort of stays in the present. When you look back, you go, wow, was it that long ago that this happened? And like your EP was, can you even believe it was 2013 that you did that? Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. But you have learned a lot of stuff, and I was just, you know, for other people that are coming up, without being too detailed, I mean, did you have to go seek out advice on how you get started on uh, promoting your art? Because <laughs> now you want to make a little money or get a little exposure with it and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, gain a following. Do you, Was it hard getting uh, started? You know, that's that's what a great question, huh? It goes on forever, but but you get the gist of what I'm trying to ask you? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's still... A lot of, in many ways, there is way more work now releasing this record than there was for Little Bird. And I think that's partly just because I I know a little bit more about what to do. And mm-hmm. and I have hired a, a PR company and a company to help with Spotify playlists and um, 
radio promotion company. We just spent the past couple of days packaging and labeling 150 CDs to send out to the radio. Wow. Yeah. So, um, great. <laughs> so I have, this time I am bringing more team members on board. I think there's sort of this mythology in the independent music world that, like, oh, do it, do it yourself artist, but there's just too much to do to really make it operate like on a professional level or like a business. Mm-hmm. Think about record labels. There are whole departments dedicated to art design and radio and distribution. And I am head of all of those departments right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the reality of it. But it can be exhausting. But is uh, in the end, are you uh, are you happy doing it this way? That you have all the creative control and I don't know. It seems like uh, that'd be a lot of work to do. But uh, is it good work? It is. It is, and I think I like. I realize. I do kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit. I like the challenge of running a business. I mean, it's the tricky part is everyone's trying to figure out how to make music a profitable business. Yeah. But I do like having the creative control, and I like being able to pick the people that I work with and, you know, be able to design the artwork or hire a designer to do it the way that I want. Instead of being at the mercy of, oh, well, we ran all these market tests and we've shown that this font is the best. And, you know, yeah. I like having the creative control. But kind of to answer your first question, I seek out advice from wherever I can get it. Yeah. Whether yeah, but it's just that. Books the, just, or blogs or podcasts or individuals that I say, can I please buy you dinner and learn how you did this? Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you came my way to, uh, you know, because uh, you sound genuine, you know, that you're really having a great time with it. And there's an excitement. And when you're uh, you're releasing a full length album for the first time, that's great. I applaud it. And it's a good thing. You did. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, you're very good. So that's a good thing uh, right off the bat. I think. <laughs> well, I'm very relieved to hear you think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you understood the sincerity. I mean, I, I don't use a lot of adjectives, but. Yeah, you have a beautiful voice that comes through, and I like the harmonies that you chose to whoever's singing it with you. I don't know if you're overdubbing yourself or you had background singers, but what a great sound you've created. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm I'm really so proud of of this album. I mean, aside from whatever comes after and whatever success or reviews or tours come, I really... And so I made a record that I would want to listen to. And that was the goal. I really, I love those, like the Dan Fogelberg sound and the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt and mm-hmm. and even some of the contemporaries in that world of like a Brandy Carlisle and Chris Potter. And I just love listening to those records. And so I really wanted to capture that. And I feel like Joey produced it, and then all the instrumentalists and harmony singers did such a good job of really bringing that to life in these songs. That you know, you write them by yourself on a piano or guitar, and you never, you don't quite know in that moment what they're going to be like. And now, I'm so proud of how they turned out, and I so believe, I believe in it, and I believe in the message of the songs because they're just they're from me and what I want to say and they're the things that i talk about when i get together with my friends and yeah that's so, that's very I'm really excited about it that's very apparent yeah you're very conversational with the just to share with to uh try to bond with you that's when i write songs that's how i've done it too i, I 
a lot of my stuff comes out that where my mother will hear that and go like, I remember when that happened. And I said, <laughs> oh, shoot, I, sometimes something spills out and I didn't even realize it, you know. But, you know, some of it's a little bit poetic and exaggerated. You know, I'll do a little bit of something where my wife will hear a song that I wrote and then start to go, uh, what did you mean by that? <laughs> I said, well, no, yeah. I just, it just, no, it just sounded good. Uh, it sounded like a good line to, to put in there. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. This isn't autobiographical. This yeah, it was. Is just, still, did did it's you really? Storytelling. Yeah, it's like I wrote something, a sort of a whirlwind, pretty much a love song, but it was it was coming from all sides about my wife. And he goes, "Like, you really think that about me?" And I said, "Well, hold on, let me back up a little bit." <laughs> so now, now I create a song. I think she's gonna like it, and she goes, "What did you mean by that?" So, I don't know. Do you? <laughs> that's uh have, I'll tell you what. This is how I wanted to try to do. You released already three songs before uh, we get to hear the album uh, or before we get to buy it and everything. But the most recent one you just did this month was um, No Good at Goodbyes. Is that the song, I think, that you released? Yes, that just came out about 10 days ago. Congratulations on American Songwriter writing something about your song there, because that's a big deal. That's a nice... Uh, that, was, yeah. that was great. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite publication, and so it really was <laughs> just sort of a dream place to share that song. Yeah, when I saw that, I go, you know, that's no uh, slouch. That's a good publication or, you know, website to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So uh, just for the benefit of the fact that I'm going to feature some of your music in here, could you tell me a little bit about that song? Because it sounds like it was that, that's about a relationship, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I got the idea for the song um, from a friend of mine who was going through a breakup at the time and, you know, just sort of listening to her story and then thinking about my own breakups and what that's like to see someone that's been such a part of your life sort of way and what that means moving forward. And it's funny even though the idea came about a friend, that's the song that my sister and my husband will kind of quote back to me every time I have to say goodbye to anything or anywhere, like leaving vacation or taking down the Christmas decorations. And then that certainly applies to, you know, past relationships that I was in or even the social work job I had. I feel like I just kind of stayed too long, I stayed longer than I oh. should have because I was just, afraid of of closing that door and afraid of something being very final like that that's right and yeah so that the essence of the song is very much a glimpse into <laughs> my <laughs> psyche i guess yeah and you say still i cannot say goodbye that's a yeah that is a good way to put it you know like people could take it as a breakup type song or trying to uh you know sever ties with a part of your life that, that is very tough you know, we're all human. We can't. It's not easy to do that. It sounds good from the other end. People say, well, why can't you just do it? Because <laughs> in your own world, in your own, uh, in your heart, that's a very tough thing to do is to say goodbye and to make something final. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really terrible at doing that. <laughs> I always like to be able to have the option to come back or see them again or, you know, don't want to burn bridges and things like that. Um yeah, I mean, there's, there's something to be said for close, but I'm not very good at it. So. <laughs> you can pack up your things. You can walk out the door. To say that you'll see me soon, it might be a lie. But I'm just no good at goodbyes. Remember 
goodbyes So I'm going backwards here. So then last year, back in November, you did Outrun the Night. So that was kind of cool that, that you're doing a little bit at a time. Uh, that you're. How are these singles being released through... Uh, are they getting some radio play, or are you just in, doing it through your site and getting some viral spins or something like that? Um, well, they're released. We didn't do a lot of terrestrial radio promotion for mm-hmm. the singles, mm-hmm. um, and partly just the expense of putting them out is too much. I, um, I can understand that. Yeah, that's a tough thing. <laughs> that's a tough decision whether you want to invest that much money to put it on terrestrial. But is it going oh, yeah, on? Is it going on the streaming services like Spotify it, it and is. all that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we distribute it through Spotify, so it's on iTunes, Apple Music, Pandora, Beautiful. Spotify. And on Spotify, it's doing really well. I worked with a company to identify some playlists that they thought would be really a good fit, and it's gotten, I think, over 16,000 streams since November, which is which is great. Great. So Outrun the Night is a really good song, and I was just curious if you would give me a little uh, rundown on what that one's about, because... Uh, I make the mistake of trying to figure this stuff out for myself, but when, when it might not be the right thing. So, tell me, tell me about that. That is the cool thing about music is if it means something to you, then that is the right thing. Yeah. You know, I had an intention going into it, but and I like to share the stories of where I got the ideas. But once they're out in the world, they're not really mine anymore. Like other people can put their own meaning and story into it, and I think that's something that's so cool about. About all art and storytelling, really, yeah. in my world in music. Isn't that wonderful about a song, though? Because you can pretty much spell out exactly the premise of your of your story that you're uh, writing into a nice poetic songwriting form, you know, format. And yet they'll still go like, I got a completely different meaning out of it. And I said, well, wow, good for you. I don't know how you did that. It was about something completely different. So Yeah, and that's okay. I think that's something that I really actually love is that you know i can write thing with a certain intention or something i'm trying to express and then the next person that hears it integrates it into their own life and then it becomes a different version and expression to them and it's now part of their story and i think that's really when sharing music becomes so powerful is it does become part of someone else's story or represents a moment in their own story and takes on their own meaning yeah um but I'm, i haven't answered your question yet so that's okay um, no i'm enjoying that part of it but yeah what does it mean to outrun the night um well it's actually taken on a bit of a new meaning since i released it um i wrote the song with a great songwriter here in new york named jez silver and we met at a conference and said we always should we kind of hit it off like we should write together and when we got together, I had just gotten off a tour on the West Coast, and one of the cool images that I remember from that tour was driving from San Diego to basically the Grand Canyon in Arizona, and it's kind of one long road through the desert, and the only thing that really changes is the sun and the shadows that it casts, <laughs> and as you're driving east, the sun goes down behind you, and the shadows, they catch up to you. No, you're not, you can't drive fast enough to avoid kind of these shadows. And it's something that that imagery really stuck with me. And so when Judd and I got together, I was just describing this experience. And he came up with this cool 
kind of Fleetwood Mac-ish guitar riff. Mm -hmm. And from there, we just started talking about how important it is to face our own demons, to face the shadowy parts of ourselves that we don't aren't proud of or that we would rather hide and avoid and pretend aren't there. But kind of just like the shadows in the desert, they, they catch up to you one way or another. Um, and in some ways, I released this song and, you know, very proudly announced, this is what this song is about. It's about being brave enough to face your demons. And I felt like it was just this open invitation for all of my own personal pitfalls to come knocking at my door, um, kind of making me grapple with, with a lot of my own personal stuff, which I think has been really good leading up to the album release. Because it's, it's hard it's hard work and it's scary to face parts of yourself that, you know, I don't want to think of myself as a jealous, bitter, competitive person, but I know that I can be that way. No. And it's really important for me to not let those things take too deep a root and to really just deal with them and the fears that they all represent head on. Well, there you go. So there is a meaning That's behind it. That's a bit it. of a monologue, but... <laughs> no, it's better than my monologue when I was trying to ask it. Jeez, I could, I, I warned you that I don't have any uh, questions written down. I just sort of, I'm trying to form something in my head impromptu, so... But as long as they like the song, that's the thing that you really want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it was such so much fun to have this good like rock and roll song. And that felt like the right, the right attitude and swagger for that message is just sort of like, all right, I'm not excited about, about coming eye to eye with, you know, yeah. with these other parts of myself. But... I'm going to do it, and here we go, and here's sort of my pump-up music to give me the courage to do that. I chased the sun Till I lose it to the sea Then twilight comes A chill runs right through me There are pieces of myself I wish I could let go With every face that I put on
that's great. So now we get to the first one that you dropped down. It was uh, Honest Mistakes, and that had to be a big event because that was the first single that you put out there, and probably a tiny bit scary. You wanna you don't you don't know how it's gonna be received, but I tell you what, I like that song. That's probably one of the top. You know, I don't rate any of your songs in any order, but I like the first two. I like Fall Apart, and I like Honest Mistakes. You got a nice. Uh, that's what drew me in is those first two songs, and then it may, you know I want to hear the rest of it because it's such a pleasant and fun uh, album to listen to. Oh, good, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Honest Mistakes was um, that's another one that's sort of that's very personal to you, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and it's you know I think once we put these songs together, realizing how many of the themes of the songs kind of echo each other or tag team or complement each other and. You know, Honest Mistakes is a similar posture, I think, of grappling with, like, I want to be a good person, and sometimes I don't act up. I don't act like the good person that I want to be, and that sort of came from, uh, you know, a family member who is just, who I love dearly, but made some not great choices, and, mm-hmm. you know, would it's so much easier to say, oh, people are good and bad and put them in these categories. But when it's people that we really care about or ourselves, there's a lot of gray area and grappling with feelings of regret and the challenge of wanting to be better, I guess. Yeah, how wonderful. No ticking hands could tell the time I wish I could reclaim his mind Maybe then I'd be a little bit closer To the person I imagined in my mind The embers of my cigarette Flow slowly down to the tray A growing mountain of ashes and regret no whiskey could ever wash away Could I
And plus, just the sound sonically, you have a nice uh, a nice group of musicians playing with you, and and your husband does a nice production on it. I don't know who's engineering it, but very crisp and it's a nice space, <laughs> a nice space to be in. I, I enjoy oh, the okay. I, enjoy, I enjoy the guitar works, nice shimmering guitar, and those are little things I like. It's nice to have a nice pretty picture before you start reading <laughs> the text, you know. Mm, that's a nice way of putting it too. It sort of sets the stage. Yeah. I enjoy both, but that's how I usually start uh, absorbing a song is that, uh, oh, this feels nice. I love the way it just feels. And then I almost have to listen to it one more time so now I can understand what you just uh, said. Because I don't want to be condescending, but all I'm hearing is blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Until I go back and I go, oh, wow, what a... Now it's starting to hit me what you're telling, uh, what story you're telling about yourself. And I said, this is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are my favorite albums where I can listen to them where I want to listen to them multiple times and I kind of take away something more and a little different every time. And you know, maybe it's another lyric that I never really noticed before. And so I hope people have that experience with it, that they enjoy the sound, but then it the sound makes them want to dig into the lyrics a little bit more. Yeah. Now you talk about inferring, you know, meaning from songs. There's a song you did called What Did You Think? And I remember listening to that <laughs> and I was getting into it. And then isn't that the song where you're going, did you think I would fill in the blank or did you think I'd this or think I'd that isn't that the one that you mm-hmm. song? yeah I say yeah that, yeah did I go, you think th- I wouldn't notice or yeah. I wouldn't care boy that's a typical line I hear from women all the time what are these guys doing are they trying to put one over on you or something it almost sounds like that it's like like you're trying to trick me you think you were going to get away with that oh yeah so, that was that was full on the emotion I was feeling in that moment <laughs> So I enjoyed that one just for that because it was, uh, you know, plus it was a nice little uh, dirty bluesy type number. So it was kind of cool to listen to that. And yeah, it's fun to have a little, a little blues rock yeah. in there a little bit. My words fill the air like an oven's heat. You're finding it hard to breathe. Every excuse that I So uh, did it take a long time to record this thing, and uh, how long did it take? Hmm. Well, well, we did the... I did a Kickstarter campaign to raise money for it, because I just wasn't sure what kind of... how many songs I'd be able to put on there, because with every song, I've built thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure what what my budget was that I was working with. So I did a Kickstarter campaign, which was very successful, but that was in the end of 2017 
Um, and I thought we were going to jump right into the studio, but then I had a number of health issues. I have sort of colitis, and I had a really bad breath um, shortly after that in the spring of 2018 that kind of just took me out of commission. So this happened This happened kind of late. You know, we can pause there for a second because that's mentioned in there. That's got to be really tough that you're starting to make some headway and then this uh, this health issue sort of blindsides you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's partly what took so long in between Little Bird and this one is, um, you know, twice I've been hospitalized for it. Yeah. And, and it just sort of really doesn't knock knocked the wind out of you and I couldn't really do anything I couldn't work for a couple of months really and so then by the time you know by the time I could work I had to you know keep the lights on in our New York apartment oh wow and uh you know it just kind of pushed everything back back a while so then in the end of the summer 2018 is when we did all the instrumentals we went up to a studio in upstate New York um a really cool studio called Old Bear mm-hmm um, they have all kinds of vintage instruments and organs and really cool stuff like that. It was a really inspiring Excellent. place to be. So we did all the instrumentals, and then this past year, we came back and we're working on the vocals and mixing and mastering. Um, so it's been it's been a long process, but I, I feel like I've grown so much as a vocalist because we took our time to do it. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's no small feat. I mean, yeah, uh, you did have to get a Kickstarter thing. That's probably the most challenging thing I see when an artist is trying to put out something nice, uh, of nice quality. You, you see the price tag and you just, uh, you're like, oh, how much can I do? If only you had a, a windfall and you could just like, money was no object. You just go in there and make what you want. But right. who knows if the result would have been the same. I mean, you worked very hard for this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And continue to. I feel like in some ways, like, the work of promoting it is just beginning. So That's why I said earlier the fun is just beginning, because now you're uh, you're going to celebrate releasing it, then you're going to have to uh, figure out the best way to uh, promote it. And I'm sure that your PR people that you hire, they're going to help you out with, you know, do they help you get gigs, or is that something else? That's a different person. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> person, yeah. But, but the PR, yeah, that's uh, they give you the best option on how to get your stuff out there to the public so they know about it. Yeah. Yeah, they've been really great. Um, you know, uh, you know, they have connections with people like you and American Songwriter, and so they've been really, really wonderful in in getting it out to those outlets that they can share with their audience and um, working with me a little on on some of the social media pieces and the best way to to kind of get the word out to my followers and people. Um, it's just so such an interesting landscape, I think, for promoting anything whether it's music or podcast or books or, yeah. you know, handmade knit socks or whatever it is that you're making. You know, it's it's kind of the Wild West of, okay, where are people hearing about stuff and how are they hearing about it? And so I think, you know, we're all, everyone in the music industry is trying to figure, figure out what sticks and what works. I agree. Yeah, podcast for me, it's, you know, I've been doing this for a little bit, but it seems like now everywhere you look, somebody's got a podcast going. So it's just like what you're doing. There's so many performers out there, but you have to be authentic and, uh, and hopefully people will see how, how unique you are, you know, in a sea of all these other singer songwriters and performers and artists. Yeah. I think that the challenge is 
is finding, no matter what you're creating, you know, finding the people that you created it for and that it does mean something to you. And, you know, because of the technology, it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword. But I think the good thing is now we have the capability of finding and reaching so many more people and that increases our chances of finding my specific people that really are excited about the songs that I made and the message behind them. So that's a cool thing about, about today's landscape is because the doors are sort of blown wide open. There's a lot of freedom and opportunity and possibility yeah. for finding that that core group of people that, you know, was, was way harder to do when your only advertising method was billboards and terrestrial radio. Yeah, exactly. But I'm really glad that you've put out this music. It was a true pleasure to get to hear it all. It, wonderful songs on there. I'm excited for the future for you. I hope this is the beginning of something really, really big. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> These three songs that you uh, released as singles, did any of them, were you able to make any music videos for them? Or is that another cost that you may not have? Or did you do that? I did. Well, I did um, I did lyric videos. I think as a songwriter, I, That's great. Yeah. I'm very drawn to lyrics. And I know even as a media consumer, if I'm... I've noticed that I engage more if it's a lyric video and I'm reading words and I'll watch it longer versus just some like really pretty sunset shots. Right, um, right. So right. I I made two videos so far. I did one for Honest Mistakes. It was very simple um, that I filmed when I was out west and then I came home and did the editing and added the lyrics in. And then I'm really proud of the one that we did for Outrun the Night. I filmed... A lot of that also when I was out west and stopped at this rest stop in the middle of the desert and put my iPhone on a tripod and filmed a bunch of stuff and thought, oh, I can make this into something. And then when I got back and after we released the song, I went back in and, and added all the lyrics. So that's been doing really well. I put that up on Facebook and that's been gaining some really good traction, which has been cool. Cool. Yeah, I agree with the lyric video option because especially if you if you're proud of what you wrote, it really displays it so that people can concentrate on. That's for people like me who with the who can't concentrate, I guess. So that I can <laughs> I can listen to music and oh now I'm reading something too. That's good. I'm just yeah. Being... I think there's something something special about engaging multiple senses, not just your ears, not just like a visual representation, but then you're also engaging your brain and your brain is making all those extra connections to the lyrics as it's processing them and I'm you know haven't totally gotten away from my psychology and yeah. <laughs> background <laughs> well I'll tell you what I'm enjoying the conversation Kate you you sound like a great woman and I'm very excited for you one thing I usually like to do is just go back into your life and find out when you got the music bug and all that stuff but I read I did read something that before you were even 10 years old you were uh, in doing theater uh, were you singing in, in front of people or Oh, yeah. My first solo was 10 years old in front of 900 people. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a big, uh, you have to almost picture that uh, in an auditorium. Yeah, right? I've yet to live up to that audience size as a songwriter, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll, that, I'm sure that'll happen. You know, just the trajectory you're going on right now. And I'm hoping that, you know, the health issues don't get you and everything. Uh, have you got that under control, by the way? I hope everything's okay now with you. Yeah, I'm. I'm on a medication that, you know, Knock on wood, this, it will be two years since my last, uh, big flare up, which good, good, good. is kind of the longest stretch I've gone without 
something like that. So the medicine has been has been really great. And, you know, it's it's just sort of it's in the back of my mind, but more as just made me be more conscious about taking care of myself and right. minimizing stress and eating well, I don't have the best food discipline, but well, that's, it does yeah. make me more aware of what I'm <laughs> eating and how it affects Well, that's part of what that, nobody really knows how that happens, you know, to you, uh, but if you're under stress, that only makes it worse, and I don't know how your condition was, but yeah, yeah food is uh, like, uh, <laughs> like, like it was a commercial on TV where the food's fighting with you all the time. Food is like your, oh, en- yeah. your enemy now, you know. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. uh Yes, yeah, I had a, a bit of a contentious relationship with anything I had to ingest for a little while. Yeah, um, um, I'm glad that you are, you know, the medication's helping it, you know, because that you don't need that front and center. <laughs> it would be torture, you know? Oh, and, and then so I'm so grateful that it is under control as much as it is, because it's, you know, some people where it's just not, and it still very much kind of controls their day. And yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful that... It is, you know, it's just given me such an appreciation for being healthy and such an appreciation for and respect for people that do have chronic illnesses that affect them on a day-to-day basis. And they they put through anyway. And that's, that's kind of what the song Fall Apart is about. I wrote that in the middle of oh. my last flare-up. Um Nice. I know it's not a glamorous thing to talk about. However, now that gives me an excuse to play that song, cause now that you've talked a little bit about that. Fall Apart's great, and I'm sorry I interrupted you there, but I appreciate that you, uh, you're you able to talk about that and not, like, uh, let's drop that subject, you know. But <laughs> I didn't mean to <laughs> no, get I you... Mean, yeah, go ahead. Go it ahead. informed the album, it informed the song, and it, you know, it's just, it has given me more motivation to take care of myself and be cognizant of how I'm doing that, and just such respect for the people that do live every day and continue to push on despite the chronic illness or pain. Well, I'm glad so. that you're able to take all these experiences that happen to you and put them into song. That sets us apart from other people. I don't know. How was how that? Uh, do you think there's some kind of magic involved with that? Or is it a skill that you develop over time on how to make a song out of something that you uh, suffered or enjoyed something? or You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, I do think there is always a little bit of magic in creating anything. I think that's partly why it's so fun is yeah. even in the midst of creating something, we can surprise ourselves with what comes out. It's like, yeah, like, how did um, I do that? I did that. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, or even just, oh, yeah, that's the perfect analogy for what I'm feeling or trying to say. Or um, for me, I have to kind of let feelings and ideas marinate. I'm not necessarily one of those songwriters who has the strong feeling and immediately have to get back to my piano to get it to get it out. Um, that has happened occasionally, but usually for me, I kind of have to sit with it and sit with the feelings. And I'm a journaler, and so I kind of will journal things out and then pull from those when I when I go down to to write the song. You think that's a good habit to be in, to journal or to write your thoughts down all the time? It is for me. Yeah. It helps. <laughs> I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's it's kind of a critical part of my day. Um, is just having a space to sort things out and get things out instead of this big jumbled mess in my head of thoughts <laughs> and feelings and to-do lists and stuff to kind of just get it out. Yeah, get, get it off me. And sort it. 
Well, I had to ask you about some of that early stuff. Yeah, in front of 900 people as a nine-year-old kid, that's pretty cool. As, uh, oh, yeah. Was that Sound of Music that you did? Is that what that was? It was. Wow. I was the littlest fun trap child. Nice. <laughs> the one that, like, at the end of the line, you, everybody looks at her. So you were... Yep. That's it. Yeah. You also... Uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. I said, from then on, I think, I was like, oh, this is great. I just want to keep doing this. You get... <laughs> You got to perform in the parade too, in in uh, at Thanksgiving in Philly. I did, yeah. I was wow. in, uh, in middle school then. Oh, okay. Were you part of a group then, or or, or was it just mm-hmm. a? Oh, okay. What was involved there? Were you singing? Yeah, it was a few of us from uh, my choir that um, we got asked to be part of the, the Thanksgiving Day parade that I had grown up watching on TV. You know, seeing the, the famous Philadelphia Art Museum steps and. Of course, this is the coldest Thanksgiving that I can remember. Um, wow. <laughs> all of us eighth graders are just on the steps the night before Thanksgiving rehearsing, absolutely freezing, but having such a blast. So you can think back to that time and still uh, feel the cold in your uh, bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had to ask you about the Debbie Gibson thing when you were at the uh, Miriam Theater down there. What was the show? Uh, the show was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh boy! Yeah, that's, that's a that's, that's a, a very fantastic up, show. Yeah, very upbeat stuff, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just so fun. She was so sweet and incredible. It was a, a touring show, and so I was part of the choir in Philadelphia that they brought in. Um, and at every city, apparently, she she gave all of us these like little welcome bags and a oh, how nice. card from her and. And she must have done this in every city. I don't think we were particularly special, but <laughs> she just could not have been more and kind and encouraging did, to all of us little aspiring singers. Did you ever have any conversations with her, or did she talk to you as a group of people? Mostly as a group. I think I talked to her a little bit individually, but was, you know, an awkward eighth grader, so yeah. I probably repressed those memories. <laughs> I had to ask. I like Debbie. She's wonderful. I like the fact that she, you know, as a young girl, was playing uh, like I am. She had all kinds of equipment, and she would make tapes in her house. And I figured that's that's yeah. a girl. That's a girl who knows what she's doing, you know, and she loves it. So yeah, I've always enjoyed that. Gosh, you know, I, I don't want to keep you on forever. We've had a nice conversation. We're almost to an hour here, and I want to I want to let you get on with your day. But I wanted to tell you so, how much I really enjoyed talking with you, Kate. I'm glad that the woman matches with the music. You're just as uh, uh, genuine as your music is. Oh, thank you, Dean. That, 
You're making me tear up. That's very sweet. Cool. That <laughs> that's a good note to end on. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> And my uh, and uh, my congratulations to you on your on your five years. I don't know if you've already reached that five year mark yet, or is, is your anniversary coming up soon? No, it just happened in September. Good for you. Oh, okay. So it's been five years, September. Yeah. Ah, okay. We're going into our sixth year then. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on this. I hope down the line I get to you know get to talk with you again when you become a big star and I see you on TV and stuff. So. Um. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so great talking with you and and getting to know you. And thanks for giving me a chance a chance to talk about the songs and the album. The feelings mutual. I really appreciate it. Let's clarify where uh, where to go. I'm assuming there's KateMillsMusic.com. We'll give you some information on uh, you know uh, social media and how to get your album and and music and everything. Yep, all the pre order information will be on my website, Kate Mills Music. Cool name, by the way, Kate Mills. You didn't have to make that up. That's your real name, right? No, it is not my real name. <laughs> wow. I should have asked that in the beginning. What is it? You can whisper You can whisper it to me if you want. <laughs> well, now my legal name is Katie Seccaroli. Oh, we no know. No one knows how to pronounce or spell that, so Mills is a great, <laughs> is a great uh, second. Oops. I think I lost her. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to call her right back. Just a second. Hello. Hi, Kate. Sorry. Hi, I don't know what happened. I, it just dropped out. I thought maybe I said the magic word and I, I blew it. Oh, no. No, I don't know. I was probably rambling and then suddenly oh, no. I, was, I wasn't talking so to anyone. I asked, asked her real name and I said, that's it. She hung up on me. So. Oh, no. I said, well, technically my name now is Katie Seccaroli, but yeah, no that's cool. spell that. Yeah, but now you've told me how to pronounce it, so now I know. Kate, it's really been a wonderful uh, time talking with you. I have one last question for you. This is uh, the tradition on the show. Everybody gets this question. And let me see if I can remember how to say it because uh, it's worded differently every time. <laughs> for uh, other singers, songwriters, performers, artists, those type of people uh, who want to do what you're doing, Kate, is there any advice you might be able to give them during the, the maybe the low point or those tough times when they feel like, I don't know if I can do this? You know, there, there's always those uh, moody times. Uh, is there anything you might be able oh, to? Yeah. Is there anything you might be able to remind them of who they are when that time comes, so that they can get back up there and get to where they need to be? I think for me, coming back to why you're doing it, 
what, what you like about it so much um, has been really important and really latching onto the why has been kind of a game changer for me. And also thinking about, okay, yeah, if you decide tomorrow to stop doing this, what else would you do? And I haven't come up with anything better yet. So <laughs> uh, just sort of gives it some perspective of, okay, yeah, this is hard, but I don't actually want to do anything else. That's great. I love it. Thank you. Okay, so now I got that, and I want everybody to please go check this woman's music out, her album. Even if you're listening to this afterwards, Each Bittersweet Drop, that album's going to be out on March 6th, and it's really good. Everybody, please check out the uh, singles that Kate has put out for you to listen to on her site, She or she at least directs you on how to hear them, and you're really going to love it. Can they also get that uh, EP to hear the other stuff that you did? Oh, yeah, that's out on Spotify and iTunes and all that. So if they're used to going on Spotify, uh, for instance, they can just type in your name and a lot of your stuff will come up there, huh? It should, yeah. Good. Good yeah, for that. Yeah, and well, they're there. If they want to follow that page, then it, then each Bittersweet Drop will be added to one of their personalized playlists the day it comes out. So Excellent. Yeah. And then Kata will be with you forever. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Mills. Haunting your airwaves. Yeah. So that's katemillsmusic.com. Don't forget, it's not just Kate Mills. It's katemillsmusic.com. Right. Kate, it's been a treat. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and look forward to hopefully hearing from you again. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much, Dean. Okay. You take care. Have a great day. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Dean. Okay, you bye-bye. Bye. All right. That is Kate Mills. I'm going to repeat the information. Go to katemillsmusic.com katemillsmusic.com She has a full-length LP that is dropping on March 6, 2020. It is called Each Bittersweet Drop, and there are nine songs that are basically uh, a window into her life, and you're really going to enjoy what she shares with you. There are three singles that came off that. Honest Mistakes, Outrun the Night, and No Good at Goodbyes. Very good representation of this album, but you're going to love all of it. So please go to katemealsmusic.com. And that's it. I really want to thank you, Kate, for coming on the show. You've been a delight. And I just got to get going now. So speaking of websites, please go to my website, strongwriter.com. That is S-T-R-O-N-G-W-R-I-T-E-R.com. And uh, you can listen to the podcast. No doubt you'll be able to hear the replay of this interview with Kate Mills. Wonderful woman. We didn't get her real name, but her actual real name is now Sekiroli. So, Katie Sekiroli. Love it. Anyway, folks, go to strongrider.com and you'll hear this. Kate Mills, thank you so much. And now, I got to get going. So, until next time, this is Dean Olson, the Strong Rider on the radio, signing off for now and saying to you all, let's all put our best pens forward, just like Kate Mills, and be strong writers together. Now, go forth, have a wonderful weekend, God bless, take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye now. You've been listening to Strong Rider on the radio with your host, Dean Olson, on the amazing women and men of power, the world's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.